Today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Built Bar, where a candy bar meets a health bar. Visit BuiltBar.com, type in the keyword locked on, and you will get $10 off your first order. Appreciate all of you spending a bit of your day with us here on the podcast and whatever medium you are listening to us, strictly audio, through iTunes or Stitcher, or if you are checking us out with the video component as well, which you can do by following me on Twitter at Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y, F-E-N-L-E-Y, as I post clips of me talking into this microphone with the yellow covering over the microphone and words do blurt out of my mouth. If that's something that interests you, you are more than welcome to check out the clips on my Twitter as I also interview UCLA athletes on the regular. And you can check out other snippets of those interviews on my Twitter page as well. Appreciate you all checking us out here. This, of course, is Locked On Bruins. And I'm also a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio. And one hot topic right now is what is going to happen with college football in the fall? Because it's looming. It's being talked about, and we had some landmark news that came down today. If you're listening to this podcast today, when I am taping this, it is Wednesday, May 20th. That is going to dominate the discussion on this episode is what took place because this news is gigantic towards having a college football season. It might not seem like it, but it is. It's that figurative fire starter that you need. Now, logistically, it's still a complex mess, if you will, to get all of these teams functioning, practicing, and doing it safely. But this decision that the NCAA made today and their higher-ups all got together and ruled that starting June 1st, that athletes on the football team on the men's basketball team and the women's basketball team are all allowed to work out on campus starting June 1st with the key word here, voluntarily. Now, other sports are not included in this, but I've heard from multiple reports that the NCAA is going to have decisions weighing on those other sports in the next couple of days on when they could return workouts on campus now with this there is all sorts of skepticism right because you got the moratorium lifted which was in place until or will be in place until the end of may which basically said if you are a college athlete you cannot work out on campus that all activities on campus are barred because of the covid19 situation and just because there are these workouts that doesn't mean it's going to be like practice is showing up and you're going to have guys putting on the pads and the helmets and, and doing all that. That's not where we are yet. And we don't have to be there yet if we're going to be on time in college football. But this was, I think, a seismic shift. This ruling by the NCAA, it doesn't do a whole lot because in the end, it's still going to come down to the school's decision if they're ready June 1st, the conference they're in, and those that oversee the conference, what they think about the matter. And then you're going to want to get the wisdom of the medical personnel in the area to make sure that what you're doing is as safe as possible. So you passed the first hurdle here, but now you've got a couple others 
And that's why, because of these hurdles, you're probably not going to see every single team be ready to go on June 1st. And when I say every single team, I mean football teams in Division One ready to work out. And the whole concept of working out is going to be much different than what these players are used to. And Sports Illustrated produced a couple articles on some of the new rules that will be in place generally for colleges as they set up the health protocols for players working out in their weight rooms just to to do their part in limiting you know the transmission of coronavirus and and the spread of it so we'll get into that in a little bit but i i can't tell you enough how monumental this move is because before this decision coming down by the ncaa we were all when you think about the the feasibility of college football, we're all kind of in unchartered, uncharted waters here. You've got a lot of people that are gloom and doom, and that's just going to always be the case. And those people got a whole lot quieter after this ruling by the NCAA. So we went from uncharted waters to this ruling by the NCAA that now, yeah, we're still on the boat. It's still rocking. It's, it's still turbulent waters, but at least in the distance, we can see the flickering of a lighthouse. And it seems so infinitesimal, but it's also so important because this is what you need to spark the conversation and move the momentum in the right direction to have college football in the fall. Coming up in just a moment, the specifics in which universities are already starting to take to make sure and ensure the safety of their players when they return to campus. But first, are you hungry? Are you thinking of that perfect substitute or something to hold you in the middle of the day, in between meals? I'm talking about a piece of food that is good for you and it tastes great. Built Bar. Go to their website, builtbar.com. It is a great place for nutrition, and something to whet your appetite and taste good as well. And you can get flavors such as chocolate, peanut butter. Go to BuiltBar.com. And if you do that and you type in the keyword or the code locked on, I guarantee you will get $10 off your first order. And it's, again, lots of protein, low sugar, low carb, good for the soul, and tastes great. That's what you want. We're trying to stay healthy during these times. This is your place to go. Again, builtbar.com. Type in the keyword locked on, all one word, and you'll get $10 off your first order. As athletes make their way back to universities, how are the universities going to tweak the way they present the, the weight rooms and adjust it due to the health and wellness of their players? and eliminate or limit the, the risk of passing or contracting coronavirus. Well, according to the Sports Illustrated article that came out today, there are schools doing a whole lot of different things, such as some are buying up to 4,000 gloves. And there was a, a little piece done about the University of Houston's football team where even before the coronavirus came into all of our lives uh, on a vast, you know, big level, they had already purchased a 
fog machine, which basically spread like disinfectant throughout, just like coated their whole locker room and their whole weight room with this disinfectant that would kill germs. And so perhaps you see more universities and athletic programs pony up the funds to buy these big devices so that they can completely wipe out any germs that come in. You're also going to see rules such as the training staff will have to wear masks. Athletes working on certain gym equipment are, are going to obviously be separated from each other a little bit more in terms of abiding by or practicing social distancing and other rules and regulations I've heard within teams is, you know, they're going to shut down the showers. There will be no tolerance for high-fiving or even passing along water bottles. And so the interesting thing here is that there's no like one set of guidelines for like all the schools on like how they need to make sure they have the cleanest, safest environment for athletes when they come back as we still sift through this COVID-19 situation. So that's why I think some schools might be delayed in having the athletes back because they might not have the, the framework or all of the, the protocols that they find it's important ready to be implemented by June 1st because this is all happening so fast. Now, the momentum is even building beyond what this NCAA ruling had said. And I, I mentioned that to you in the first segment where we had said that the NCAA had lifted the moratorium and starting June 1st, they are allowing athletes at Division I institutions to voluntarily work out. And then just a couple of days ago, you had in California, Governor Gavin Newsom say that starting the first week of June, that he would welcome pro sports and that they could continue to go off in his state with a couple different adjustments here, like no fans and other modifications. But this is tremendous because there was this vibe that Newsom was giving off. And maybe this was a little bit me thinking too much into it. But there was a vibe out there that I felt like he wasn't, and I'm talking about Newsom, up for having pro sports like the rest of this year, like completely shut it down. Now, I don't know if this is correlated with the other, but you have to note that earlier that day over in New York and, and, and their governor, Andrew Cuomo, said he would like pro sports to come back in June as well. And they've had a much worse bout of the COVID-19 situation than California. As more athletes rush back to campus and schools are tinkering with the policies that they wanna put in place to make sure that the workout environments are as safe and as clean and as free of COVID-19 as possible, you're gonna see different schools of thought here on what works health-wise depending upon the university. So. According to Sports Illustrated, they were recounting some schools and the measures that they're taking. There was the one story about the University of Houston, and they purchased this fog machine, 
which basically just spews out disinfectant and they can basically blanket the whole weight room with it and kill germs or they can do that to the locker room as well. And so maybe you'll see more universities dive deep into the piggy bank and pick those up as preventative measures here. You're also seeing schools, and I've read when these workouts come back, part of the policies that will be put in place is that you can't use the locker rooms, you can't use the shower, you can't high five, you can't pass around water bottles. And the, all, the other part that I failed to mention earlier about these workouts and that they're voluntary is that you can't exactly treat them like a practice. Like you're not gonna have coaches on your teams allowed to be hanging around and giving you all this stuff on on plays and, and this and that it's basically going to be the training staff that are going to be around and you'll also have to abide by the whole social distancing thing and so the other part is and i think ucla benefits from this is that where they're where they're able to work out a lot of it can be outdoors so like they have like this whole it's this big it's like a garage door but like on steroids where they can open that up and so they can get fresh air blowing through the weight room and then they can take some of their weights and stuff out onto the field and obviously you know that what what science is saying is that you, you know you you limit the transmission if you're outside so there's that to consider and then what gavin newsom said the governor of california which it's like I think I was blindsided by this because I had this vibe and I don't know what you thought about this. And maybe this was almost too extreme on my part, but I had this vibe from Gavin Newsom that he wasn't going to allow pro sports or college sports, if you will, through the end of this year. I mean, that was something that I felt was hinted like it's probably not going to happen. And so my level of optimism completely shot up when I heard earlier this week that Newsom decided to go a completely different direction here and say that he is welcoming pro sports in his state starting the first week of June with no fans and with other modifications. Now, I'm not saying there's a correlation here, but earlier that day, you had New York Governor Andrew Cuomo go on the air and talk about, and, and look, you know, New York has been hit much worse than California as far as the percentages by COVID-19 and you have a lot of devastation there. And you have, when you have Cuomo in that state saying, Hey, we want sports back in June with no fans and, you know, get that going. Then that puts a little more pressure. I would think on, on Newsom to say, well, if knock on wood, things don't get any worse that if New York had it the worst and California now, okay, if, they're, if New York is okaying sports, then maybe California should do as well. So anyway, it led to Newsom saying these things, which adds to the, the good news here about having sports back and having the, the college football season. The, the other part I wanted to mention here is that you had also today, the UC president, Janet Napolitano, she was asked about in the fall – how are you structuring your classes? Because there is this narrative that is going on right now that says, well, if schools are just doing virtual classes, then they should not be entitled to have a football season. 
And we saw just, I think it was last week where Cal State University system came out and said that, that they're going to do like all of their fall classes virtually. And there was a, like a little extra fear rising that maybe that would trickle in that philosophy and those thoughts into the UC system. But Napolitano has decided, and, and she said that, no, it's going to be a hybrid model. And you will have classes, which gives people more of like a reassurance that you are going to have football. And yeah, you might not have the big classes, the lecture halls, because those are obviously traps for spreading the virus, but some of the in-person, like smaller class size stuff and, and labs, maybe you okay that. All of this to say that there are more and more things that are going in the momentum of having a college football season. And then you're also seeing the, the change in schedule for universities. I think Texas is now doing this. I think, I think Notre Dame as well and, and other schools where they're starting their school year earlier in person and then they're cutting off their semester at the end of Thanksgiving so that if you're traveling to go see your family and you're in an airplane, which could lead to the transmission of you know, coronavirus, and, and so and then you would come back and then you might infect others or, or whatever going through the, the decision makers' minds there, but that inhibits those sorts of threats. So you're seeing that change. And coming up in just a moment, I want to look at what others have said. The West Virginia president of the, the Mountaineers, what he said about college football and the coronavirus, and then also want to peer back at what other schools are doing, and then specifically the the play-by-play of how it's going to look if you're, and again, like I said, not everything's uniform, but what it's going to look like for an athlete, we're going to put you in the mind of an athlete walking onto his campus or her campus on June 1st, and what to expect that's different from working out before COVID-19. West Virginia President Gordon Gee went on record the other day, and he was vouching for why college football needs to happen in the fall and why students must be on campus. He said, quote, we need to get over the panic. If one of our athletes gets coronavirus, we can't just shut the whole thing down. We have to learn how to control that part of it, end quote. And his words are in concert with what the NFL is trying to do. In fact, yesterday, the NFL's chief medical officer went on record. He was speaking to the media, and he was asked about where he is as far as the NFL getting a grasp on how to handle the coronavirus this fall, because even at this point, he says he doesn't know exactly a definitive date when. NFL players will be ready to go and work out. But he said that there is going to be this inevitable situation that players in the fall in the NFL will come down with COVID-19. But he said that that doesn't mean, and that should not mean, that you have a repeat of what happened in March when one player came down with the coronavirus, basically, and then the NBA 
had to postpone operations. So maybe because we've had a couple months to learn more about this virus and see its tendencies and get the data that we're better positioned, more equipped to handle it if a player comes down with it so that it doesn't lead to a team having to forfeit something or shut down a league or a conference. So what essentially this medical officer went on to say is that it's going to come down to how much testing you have and you acting quickly and promptly. When you find out that somebody has come down with it, you got to know quickly so that you can isolate that person and in that way inhibit that person from spreading it. Testing, testing, testing is going to be huge. And as far as how it's going to look, and I find this fascinating, for the college football landscape, when you have colleges now opening up their doors and allowing players to work out, unlike the NFL, which, which is basically, basically going to have one set of rules that all the teams have to abide by as far as health and safety standards, there's not that in the NCAA right now. Every school is going to have different guidelines, which I don't think is the right thing to do here. I, I don't. But at this point, there's not a whole lot of wiggle room here. And Sports Illustrated did this article where it basically gave you some insight onto what it's going to be like as a player returning to, you know, a football player returning to the weight room, let's say now June 1st or, or any time after that, as opposed to what it looked like when you ventured into the weight room before the coronavirus epidemic took place and spread. And it started out pointing out that essentially you're going to have players that are going to walk in here and I would assume every school would do this. They would have temperature checks at the front door. I, I think that there's some things you're like, okay, every school has to do. But it's how much detail they put into these health protocols that will separate other schools from, from, from another. Temperature checks, yes. Some schools are going to separate the equipment even more, like a squat rack would then be like 20 feet apart from the other one. And then you would have the strength staff coming in and wiping down the equipment, sanitizing it after every single player moves on from that piece of equipment. So there's going to be a whole lot of sanit sanitizing that's going to be taking place. I've also heard that in some of these initial policies and courses of action that you won't have spotters, which would then be against the social distancing policy. And there will be like snacks around, only packaged snacks. So you're not going to have like open apples that players are going to be able to pick up and eat. And no throwing of the football. That seems to be a, a parallel here. The first couple of weeks or such, you're not going to see players. They're going to be intent on wanting to, but I think you're going to see school step in and say, we, we're not going to allow you to throw the football yet. That will come, but we're easing into what we're trying to do here. And it's more of like a crawl. And 
seeing how this all works. But I'll, I'll say that in the end, with every day that passes, we're learning more about this virus. And so that is going to help us build up the armada to one day extinguish it. And until that happens, how do we cope the best? We cope the best by the information that we have and with data that comes more and more out there. With every day, we become a better soldier to fighting coronavirus. And the hope is that as we do that, we have college football and it will be a beautiful thing, so therapeutic for this country in the fall. Appreciate every single one of you for giving me some of your time and checking out the podcast. We'll have plenty more later this week, including what's taking place here at UCLA with their new athletic director. I will profile him, Martin Jarman, in our next episode and tell you his backstory and what he is good at over his career working in academics and how that should shine through and translate to the Bruins.